of every church I've been to and been back to, people here remember more about my ailments than anywhere else I've been. And then other, other things. I had a guy call me from uh, Stuttgart here. It's been about six weeks ago. and He said, uh, oh, before I let you go, Janice said to tell you hello and ask you if you've, you're still nervous. I said, nervous. And uh, she said, you remember when you, you came in view of a call, you stood up and you looked down at your Bible and then you looked up at us and said, I'm so nervous I could thread a sewing machine that are running. And uh, anyway, she remembered that part. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. It is uh, Christmas time and I, I preached at First Baptist Magazine this morning and I was talking to them about preaching the, the, Chris, the stories within the Christmas story. And uh, I guess I enjoy preaching around Christmas time between Thanksgiving and Christmas probably more than any other time of the year because the things... The stories that we talk about is how God used ordinary people just like us. And it's they're stories of hope, and uh, it's a great encouragement. When you think about the stories within the Christmas story, you see the stories about Caesar Augustus, the story about Mary and Joseph, the story of, of the birth, the story of those who kind of missed out on what was going. The stories of the angels, the stories of just different ones involved that led into it. And it reminded me this week, as I was reading through all this again, why things pop in your mind and why you jot down notes sometimes and you think, well, one of these days I'm going to use that or... And then, uh, you know, why it happens, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to say that's a God thing. But here's what I remembered this week. And as years ago, there was a, uh, this past week, there was, I, don't, I was looking through something and a picture of David Letterman came up. I don't watch late night TV talk shows. I never have. But one night I caught David Letterman interviewing Larry King. And I guess it just caught my eye because they were both talk show people and I was, I was wondering whose show it really was. And then, But anyway, Larry King was on the David Letterman show as it turned out. And David Letterman asked Larry King this question. He said, of all the people in history, who most would you like to interview? And he said, Jesus Christ. And David Letterman just kind of like this. And then he said, well, what would you ask him? And it was not like, like Larry Keene had to think about it. I mean, it was like he was ready for it. When he said, well, what would you ask him? He said, I would ask him this. Were you really born of a virgin? And it just got kind of like a holy quiet there. David Letterman looked in the camera and said, we'll be back in a minute. I think it just kind of put people on, uh, kind of stunned them for a moment. I think he asked that question because it's really 
the master key to history because Jesus being born of a virgin really means this. If He really was born of a virgin, it means He was the Son of God. And if you can come to grips with that, and you can it, it just it opens your life, your mind, your heart to so many more truths of God's word. The Christmas story, as I said a while ago, is really there's a lot of stories within the story. And tonight I'm going to look at Luke chapter uh, two. I'm going to read the first seven verses, but probably we'll just get through the first verse. And uh, it just it, it just ends better that way uh, because the next story, if I go into the story within the story, uh, we'd be here really really late. And I don't I don't want to keep you out really late, and uh, unless you just want to stay here till ten o'clock. But uh, anyway, I'm used to looking up and looking at a clock. Every church but this one all has a clock right there. <laughs> And I mean to tell you, it is like, Brother Randy, we're glad you're here. Where's your microphone? There's the clock. Anything else we can do for you, you know? The Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And maybe your Bible says taxed. The census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed, for her to come, uh, for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. The story of Christmas, this, one of the, the first story within the story in this passage is the story of Caesar Augustus. Well, why does Luke start the Christmas story off with Caesar Augustus, or Augustus Caesar, however you want to put it? I believe for this reason, because he was a real person, it's a documented historical fact that reminds us this is not a fantasy story. This really happened at a real time in history. And it's something that we can study. Uh, John Randalls was a, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him or heard him preach, but he was, he, uh, he was a pastor and then he went into evangelism and but he really poured his heart into, into pastors when he would go preach a revival, so we'd spend a lot of time together. Well, he was a historian. He was studying for his Ph.D. in history uh, in Roman government, really, at, uh, at, while I knew him. And so the different times that I, I was with him, he would take a passage and he would say, when you look at this passage, you need to look at three to five hundred years on either side of the passage to see all the things that are related to it. And so I begin to look at things in a little bit different way. And so when we, we think about this, that point when, when Jesus was born, who was ruling? Augustus Caesar was. And it, it just tells us that God was putting all of history together 
at this point for the purpose of bringing Jesus into the world. I like to read uh, Warren Wiersbe's commentaries. And uh, he, he said this, he said, Augustus Caesar was ruling, but God was in charge. And that is something that, that feels the same today. It feels like in, when, when you go home and you watch the news, it seems like in a lot of places, somebody's in charge, somebody is, is running things. Well, what they're doing is they're managing the time that they have and however they got to where they, the position they got, God allowed them to get there, but they're not really in charge. They're just ruling. They're managing the time and the, and the opportunities that's, that's under God's hand. God really is in charge. And the things that seem like to us when we see it, all of my life, I cannot remember a time in my life that preachers and people were not saying, well, I just don't know how much longer it can go on like this. It's kind of like being in education for all these years. I've been over at Levica 18 years, and I have heard the exact same thing about kids for 18 years. These kids these days, I'm telling you right now, kids are no different than whenever I was in middle school. It's parenting in the home that, is, that seems to change in the values. The kids are the same. It's just up to us whether or not we're going to do a good job at raising them and educating them. Well, I'm telling you, whatever's going on in the world today, it may seem like somebody else is in charge. They're not. They're ruling. God is in charge. And in the fullness of time, once again, He's coming back. No one had ever seen... Anyone born of a virgin, it didn't stop it from happening. And when the Bible talks about the second coming of Christ, no one's ever seen anything like what the Bible says, but that's not going to stop it from happening. Now we can look back and see that He really did come, that He really did live. And historical writings, aside from the Bible, talks about a man called Jesus and how He affected people in the movement of Christianity. But we kind of have the inside story as we study God's Word. and We, 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 we really kind of know, all we have to do is look at the end of the book and, and we know how it's going to turn out. But are we going to live our lives in light of what is ultimately the eternal truth of God's Word? That's the question for Christians today. Are we going to live like Jesus Christ is Lord not just Savior, but Lord and Savior. Well, the story within the story of Caesar Augustus, he, he calls for this census to take place. God uses him to move Mary and Joseph 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill His Word centuries before. Micah, Predicted it would happen. And, and then uh, I, if you go over to Galatians 4.4, you see the verse that says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. The fullness of time, when we read this, we may think about the fullness of time, meaning it, it takes nine months for a child to be prepared in, in the womb to be born. 
But it was not just the fullness of time for a baby to come forward. It was the fullness of time of history. And I want us to look at five things tonight in the fullness of time that we might consider to see that God really is in control. The first one is this. In the fullness of time, when we look at the history and how it's laid out, in the fullness of time, God prepared the language of the world. Now, what in the world does that mean? In the fullness of time, God prepared the language of the world. It was Alexander the Great that brought the Greek language to most of the known world during this time. It's without a doubt the, the most rich and expressive language of, that human history has ever known. And you understand that our English translations, many times when, when we translate something from Greek into English, we'll use the same word for many other words that were in the Greek. Like the, like the word if, there are four words in Greek language that mean different things and we use the one word if. When you think about the word love, we read love in the Bible all the time. There are four different words that mean love and different kinds of love. And so it, it's like God was bringing history together at a time when His birth would come, and it would be a time when the most rich and expressive language known throughout the world would be the predominant language to describe the birth of the most miraculous thing that ever had happened. So I'm asking you this. You think it's a coincidence that the language was the predominant language of the same time that Jesus came and that much of the New Testament is written in this language. In the fullness of time, God prepared the language of the world. In the fullness of time, God prepared the thinking of the world. Now what does that mean? Well, as John Randall said, think about, look about the major things and that happen on either side of an event. Well, you go back 600 years before Christ, and the thinking of the world, Greek philosophy, had reached its apex by the time Christ was there. But what are the names that you remember in Greek philosophy? Names like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle. The questions, what are the meanings of life? These, guys had, these fellows had 600 years to get it straightened out and their students. And by the time Christ comes along, you know what? All of this philosophy produced this, skepticism. And people wanting answers. Widespread uneasiness and unsettlement before Christ came from the greatest minds. But if I look on the other side of His birth, I think about the day and the time we live in right now. Is there uneasiness? Is there skepticism? Are there people wanting to know what the meaning of life is? And could it be said the church is not doing its job? Are we meeting? Are we a social club? Or are we a living body? with a mission and a goal with steps in place to accomplish 
the Great Commission, telling people about Christ. Well, the thinking of the world at this time had produced skepticism. There were a lot of unanswered questions. But at just the right time in history, when mankind was searching and longing for the truth, guess what happened? God sent His Son into the world to answer the questions about life. He lived 33 years on this earth. He poured His life into other people. He taught us about relationships, the relationships that we would have with one another and what our relationships ought to be toward material things. It's a pivotal time in history when you study it that Christ came. Who was really in charge? God was. And He's in charge today. In the fullness of time, the third thing I want to mention is this, is that God prepared the education of the world. Now, wait a minute, you just talked about it. No, I didn't. I talked about the Greek philosophy and some of the major major people that we remember and we think about. But when I'm talking about God prepared the education of the world, here's what I want, to, want you to understand. The, some of the greatest universities in that world were built during the Roman Empire. That Roman Empire, the, the time that it, it held together and uh, how much it controlled... No one's ever, we've never seen anything like the Roman Empire. And so great universities were built, and it was not uncommon. In fact, it was quite common for scholars to travel from one university to another. You say, that's not anything new today. When we hear about, uh, a lot of times politicians, uh, you know, after they've, they've made it big, you know, they go to commencement and they speak and we see that every year in the spring. But then, uh, as educators, we get stuff all the time about conferences and, and this is going to happen at this university, this is going to happen there, and this is going to happen there. It's been going on for thousands of years. But you think about this, those great universities that were there at the time when Christ was born, the doors were open to all kinds of philosophers and educated men to hear what they had to say, which opened the door for a fellow named Saul of Tarsus, who was highly educated. He, was at, he had everything that a person could have at that time. Uh, he had power, he had position, he had prestige, but then something happened in his life. He came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, and Saul of Tarsus becomes Paul the Apostle. And he still is looked upon as somebody who's a, a great thinker. And he would go to, from town to town as he was establishing churches. He would go to the synagogues. His reputation would precede him. And he was able to speak, and he was able to talk and reason with them about all the scriptures that we read in the Old Testament about the prophecies coming, to the, uh, coming and it, he was one who could say, you've been waiting on the Messiah? He's here. He was here. What would you do? You put him on a cross. When I see how God 
Have you ever had something happen in your own life at that moment you just couldn't understand why in the world something like this could happen? And then later on down the line, you look back and see how things played out and you can see God's hand in every bit of it. In the fullness of time, God prepared the education of the world, the language of the world, the thinking of the world. He set the stage for the coming of His Son. God also prepared the Roman Empire. How did He do that? Well, you look back at the time of the birth of Jesus and it was really a time of peace. You've heard the phrase, all roads lead to Rome. Well, back in that day and time, it did. Rome would go to a certain area and it would conquer an area and it would take it over. Those people, they would give them the right to have citizenship and be the protection of of the government, uh, and and so they would build roads to and to and fro to those important places. Why did they do it? So their armies could get wherever they needed to go as fast as possible. Our interstate system was based on the Roman roads, so we could get our troops anywhere in our country as fast as we could, in case there was a need there. Well. Roman Empire was strong. It's a time of peace. For them, back then, I guess they would have called it super highways. And they stretched all over the known world. So you see all of these things that are laid out there just in time for when Christ is born. And He lives His life. And then His disciples, and then those who came to know Him, and they were scattered because of persecution. They were able to get places for that day and time fast. And so it was the roadway was prepared for them to go anywhere in the known world so that they could do what? Communicate to other people the good news of Jesus Christ, that He was born of a virgin, that He lived a sinless life, that He died on the cross for our sins, that God raised Him from the dead, that He went, ascended to heaven, and that He's coming back again. You think about all these things that happen, well, that's coincidence. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think it would be like if none of these things had happened? What if it was a different language? What if the roadways were not there? What if the education system was not there? How far would Christianity have spread? I don't think it's coincidence. God put those things in place. God pre- uh, prepared the way to Bethlehem. Only the Roman emperor could issue a decree that would take Mary and Joseph away from their home and lead them from that little town in Nazareth down to Bethlehem to fulfill Micah 5.2, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel. Hmm. You ever watch the news, especially during an election time, and then maybe after, right after the election time, the president or somebody 
they, they do something and, and then you hear all these stories. That's against the law. They can't do that. That's not anything new. Back in this time, there were certain people who could do certain things. And in that Roman government, the Roman emperor could issue this decree that would take everybody from wherever they were at to go back to their hometown. That must have been something. We think about Mary and Joseph and going to these places, but think about all the masses of other people who are out traveling and going from one, one place to the other. You ever been in a traffic jam? You ever wondered where they're going, what they're doing? You counted license plates? I imagine it was something like that. And it happened at a time. I wonder if Mary and Joseph could really see or understand what was going on. That's one of those conversations you've heard me preach before when I said, when I get to heaven, I want to talk to them about it. I want to sit down with, with Mary and Joseph or one of them at a time and, it, and, I, and I want to ask, I want, I want to ask Mary, I'm so Mary, did you really, did you and Joseph really have a clue? Did, I mean, could you really see? Was it in your mind at all what the result would be of you and him doing what God told you to do. Did you, could you have ever imagined it? Did you think about it? On this side of heaven, and knowing teenagers and knowing people, I've got to say the ranch is probably going to be not at all. We just knew we had to do what he called us to do. I want to ask them how hard it was. Things happen in your life to give you a better understanding. I wonder what it was like when she told her parents, I'm pregnant. And it's God's. Now, I've been in that situation. My son called. It just gave me a new understanding of some of the things that happen in the Bible. What was it like to tell your parents? What was their response? Joseph, you had that dream. The angel came and told you. When you woke up, did you think you just had a nightmare? What was it like when you and Mary met and your eyes met and both of you knew it wasn't just a dream. What were you feeling? What did you say to each other? Man, I wish they could come right here and tell us tonight. You know, I, I just... But my, my imagination... <clears throat> we look back 2,000 years later and we know the whole story. And we go, wow, but try and take yourself back to that day and time and that happening. What do you think they would have said? Wow. Or why me? You ever had a why me moment? 
Anybody not had a why me moment? That would be the better question. Well, I've had a few of them. And I like being 60 years old these days. I don't like that my hurt foot, my foot hurts, that I can't get my words in the right order. But what I like about it is I've had enough why me moments to get on the other side of the storm and look back and see he really was in control the whole time. Now the trick is, is going forward when the why me moments come along is realizing he really is in control. He's going, it's going to turn out all right. If we turn to him and we, in faith, do according to his word, according to what his will is, it's going to turn out all right. I don't think anything ever has happened in my life that's going to be a Christmas moment that people are going to look back and read about. No, nothing like that. But I can sit here and tell you at 60, and last month one son getting married, and two weeks the other son getting married, and getting them to that point, there was a lot of why, me, oh my moments. And I was talking with my second daughter-in-law to be, she was here last weekend, we were sitting on the couch talking, and got to talking about, when did y'all first see each other? When did you first notice each other? Da-da-da-da-da. What was your life like before? And those, you know, all those kind of things. And I, and I, and she said, well, what was it like when he told you I've met someone? And I said, well, I'll tell you, growing up, watching him grow up, I've, it, it's, what has changed me is this. When they were growing up, I had plans for them. Going to do this, going to do this, going to do that. What I've learned growing up and what I would pass on to both of you when you have kids, don't have plans for your kids. Have desires. And when they're young, it's got to be. It's going to happen this way. This is what happens. But the older they get, and it gets here really quick, it's better to have desires. And you can't tell them to do anything that you haven't modeled and when he told me that he found you and knew that you were the one, what I knew, what really hit me is God really was in control the whole time. And God did answer our prayers. Because we really did pray for both of our boys when they were born. The first thing, Lord, we, we thank you for them. Help us to raise them. God, somewhere in the world you're preparing somebody one day is going to be their wife. And we're praying for them. We ask you to protect them and Seeing God's plan come together. Well, the son getting married a couple of weeks, a month ago, and one getting married in a couple of weeks, and then reading the Christmas story. I know there had to be confusion. I know there had to be misunderstanding. There had to be all kinds of things going on in their life. But I think the one thing that they will say when they get to heaven is this. God really was in control.
If I could go back and tell people anything, God is in control. Be faithful. Love the Lord. Lean on Him. And it'll turn out all right. It's human nature to focus on the circumstance we're going through. And I think they focused on their circumstances. Uh, Mary, what did you think when the decree came out? Joseph, what did you think? I think Joseph would probably say, well, what would you think if a decree come out and told you to go from Mansfield to Fayetteville and you had to walk there? She was in no shape to travel. But uh, I think I think he would tell us, you guys got it easy. Y'all can sit in your anywhere, pull out your phone, touch anybody on the whole planet. And why you stand, spend your time playing all those games and looking at all those gossip things and and a little hard to understand why you don't use the technology and the gifts and the time that you have to do more for the Lord. After all, you guys can read the whole book. You can see the ending. You can look back through history and see how God worked. So why not in this Christmas season, if you're going to be busy about anything, be busy about touching people's life with the good news instead of the hustle and bustle and the shopping and the commercialism and all that. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Preaching to myself. Last Sunday, there's one thing I have learned about doing interims. It's better if you preach like three Sundays and you take one off and you go, you go to church somewhere and worship with your family. And so last Sunday I did that. I'm going to do it next this month too. And I was, I start reading this stuff before Thanksgiving and I have opportunities to preach. I'm going to do this. So God is in control. The right word comes at the right time. And I take a Sunday off just to go sit with my wife and my family. And it's like God had been preparing Brother Ronnie, waiting on me to get in a pew so he could just aim at me and go ta 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 like that. He's so old, six years old. I walked the aisle and I, I just told him, I, I said, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I just know this. I don't know if God wants me to do more or do something different. But I do know he wants me to be more in my family and where I work about ref reflecting the love of Christ. So I'm rededicating my life at 60 years old. 
and would you pray for me? Because at 60, let's just be honest, at 60, it's not that much downhill, but it's a little bit downhill. The best is behind us in a lot of ways. But the good thing is after 60 years old and the time and the experiences and the wisdom that we have, I don't spend my time worrying about things that, like I used to. And uh, uh, things just don't shake me up much anymore. But from now till the end, I don't want to be coasting. I don't want to ride off into the sunset. I'd rather be I'd rather be riding a bucking bull right into the sunset and hollering, Yeehaw, Jesus is coming. So I don't know what your corner of the world is like. And I don't know what you're going through. And I wouldn't minimize it for anything in the world whatsoever. But have you considered this? God really is in control. And He can use these events and He can use your life to touch somebody's life for the cause of Christ. Don't come sit, soak, and sour to church. Attend, you bet. But gather for worship and scatter for witness for the glory of God. Father, we bow before you tonight and this first story within the stories of Christmas about Caesar Augustus and the time, the things that were put into place. I don't think it's a coincidence. I, I just think, Lord, that you, uh, you put all these things in place at once and uh, look at history. We know that it took years and years to get some things there and and now we know that the knowledge base and technology and things, uh, they're just growing so fast, sometimes it's scary. And the world's going to be looking for answers. There is skepticism. There is uneasiness. But we truly have the answer of what, what can bring uh, peace to the hearts and minds, a peace that you describe, a peace that passes all understanding so I ask you Lord to help us to do more with our time with the opportunities that we have to touch the world for Christ and I pray that during this Christmas season when hearts are already tender and open that we would uh, that we would touch people's lives with the gospel I thank you for this church family and what they mean to me and my family personally and I pray tonight as they go away from here that uh, this week you will bring to mind that they are like Mary and Joseph and can be used, that we all can be used in a very special way. And I pray it in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet and heads bowed and eyes closed in a prayerful attitude and just for a few moments.